glad that you're here tonight. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 4, right before Psalm. If you know where Psalm is in the middle of your Bible, the book right before Psalm will be the book of Job, Job chapter number 4. Job chapter number 4. Job chapter number 4. Once you have located that, we'll read verse number 8, chapter 4, verse number 8. Chapter 4, verse number 8. I'll read out loud, you read along with me. Silent, we'll go to two other verses after this and we'll make our prayer. Job chapter number 4, verse number 8. Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. Please go to 2 Corinthians, New Testament. 2 Corinthians, after the book of Romans is 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, I believe Ben and Miriam on the way back tonight or tomorrow, uh, if I understood right, right, honey, Ben and Miriam, and so they'll be back, uh, John, we missed him being here this morning, he's with us tonight, and I'm hoping he'll get saved and baptized, speak in tongues, everything, um, Let's see, who else? The Mullins are out of town, I believe. They're not with us. And so we had a great crowd this morning, and it could have even been more than that. So uh, you need to remember, folks, sometimes things go down. We get a little disappointed. No, it's, God's still working. God is still working. God will quit working when we're raptured out of here. And even then, he's going to keep working. So uh, don't be discouraged, okay? Second Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall... Reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. One last place, the book of Galatians. You're almost there. Go forward a book or two. You'll bump right into it. Galatians chapter number 6. Go down to verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us, Lord, please, not to read into Scripture, but read the Scripture. Let you talk to us, not us put in our humanistic thinking that the world has bombarded us with since we were little kids. I pray that tonight we'll be in tune with the Holy Spirit of God, that if he wishes to talk to us about something specific, we will not deny it, but we'll yield to it. Lord, you know what I'm getting ready to preach on. I hope it'll help your people. If it does that, I will be satisfied, and I just pray that you will be also. Thank you for everyone that's here. Watch over those watching live stream, those that are sick, and we ask you to please be with them, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. By the way, uh, Miss Morris is with us. Of course, she went through surgery just a week or so ago. Mike's mommy went through serious surgery, and uh, she's doing somewhat better, but she's not done with surgery. They have a lot more surgeries to do on her back. And so pray for her. And then Deidre is uh, her husband. This is what he's telling me. Uh, she's doing. I don't know if they're home yet. I don't think so. Uh, but they are. Uh, he says she's doing better. 
and uh, so they're looking forward to I think it's Monday or Tuesday they're supposed to be coming home again. Maybe I'm wrong about that. If you know better, please inform me. But I, th- I think that's the way it is. So a lot of people were missing, and, and not just because they wanted to lay around the house and eat pancakes and bacon, though that's a good idea, honey, just to let you know, okay? There are certain truths in the Bible. Listen very carefully. Now, look, see, see how this middle did? People were all the way up through here this morning. Now, yeah, so when they see this, folks, we have people here. In case you're watching, people are really in here. They really are. They're over here. They're over here. And the rest of the backsliders are all the way in the back right here. But we have them. Just letting you know. God bless you. Amen. Uh, yeah, this morning they were all the way up here. And the first thing I thought about was, man, the place is full. Look, they're all the way in the middle and on the sides. I think, this is great. And uh, so don't be afraid. Don't be, look, Miss Taylor's here. She's not afraid. You're not afraid, are you? God bless your heart. Amen. Are you going to preach? Okay, thank you. There are certain truths and laws in God's word. We, we call them universal laws of God. Uh, they're universal. They don't just apply to rich or poor or saved or unsaved. They apply to everybody. There's nothing you can do. You cannot change them. It is a law of God. They cannot be changed. For example, in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 45, the Bible said, He maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. It's a universal law of God. It'll not change. Yeah, but they're sinners. They'll never receive rain on their crops. God said, yes, they will. And then you have a person over here serving the Lord and sacrificing, doing everything, and God says, send rain your way to it. We get so confused because this is the way God is very just in, in his decision-making. In 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 9, the Bible said, The Lord is not willing that any should perish. What about the murderer? God said, I don't want him to die and go to hell. I don't want him to do that. What about the person who lives around the corner, really hadn't done anything wrong, just hasn't received you? God said, I don't want him to die either. God is very just. There are certain universal laws of God that no matter what you think or I think, no matter what goes on or doesn't go on, God said, this is the way I want it. This is the way it's going. Not everything's that way, but there are a lot of universal laws of God. There is a universal law also, we just read about, of sowing and reaping. Now, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about this. I'm going to try to clear some of this up tonight. At first glance, it would appear when you're thinking about sowing and reaping that you actually receive exactly what you sowed. I don't think that's true. Now, you've heard that. And the Bible even says, whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. I'm not trying to be fancy and footwork and try to dazzle you. I just want to explain something to you. In Job chapter number 4 and verse number 8, he said this. Now, this would be like the Old Testament rendition of whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. But it says in Job chapter 4, verse number 8, Even as I have seen, they that plow an iniquity and sow wickedness shall reap the same. So Job said, I recognize people do this. This is what they get. So in the Old Testament, you could actually say, whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap, and put it in the book of Job, and Job and God would agree that that's exactly what happens here. In other words, whatsoever man sows. It, but it says nothing about the quantity. It just says the same type or the same kind, the same thing. Are you listening to me? So I want to explain this to you. Go to first, Second Corinthians chapter number 9. You were there just a moment ago. Second Corinthians chapter number 9. And verse number 6, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 6. Your Bible, if you have a King James Bible, should say this. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Now to me that makes sense. 
If, you, if you're going to uh, uh, put out a few seeds, you're not going to get a whole acre. Right? right? Okay. So he said uh, here, but th- whatsoever, uh, if you sow sparingly, you'll also reap sparingly. And then he turns around and he also says this, he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now that just makes sense to me. The more you go out in the field and the more acreage you cover, the more you'll get in return, Right? And if you just go out and you have 15 acres, but you only sow two seeds, you're not getting 15 acres. Now, to me, this is very logical to this point. Listen very carefully here. Again, though the words are the same, sow little, get little, sow much, get much, if you would, but it doesn't tell you the quantity. It just makes a statement of little or more, but it doesn't tell you. More than that, you're going to get the same kind. For example, it appears equal, small to small, large to large. Again, does not indicate how much reaping sparingly is or how much reaping bountifully. It doesn't. It just says that, let me tell you the, the rule here, the law here, but I'm going to tell you how much, all right? The Bible talks about 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold. The Bible talks about that. You say, what, what, what decides that? I think this principle here does. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7, In case you think that somebody can sow one thing and reap something else, God plainly says, don't mock my universal law. Watch what he says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. So if you sow this and you think you're going to reap that, not going to happen. So watch what God says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, keyword, that, same thing, same type. But it doesn't tell you the quantity. doesn't tell you how much, does it? It just tells you the same type. For example, here again, it appears as though I will get exactly what I have sown. And in type, I will. But in quantity or how much, it doesn't say, right? It doesn't say that at all. For example, I sow one seed of corn. I don't get an acre of corn. Though I believe I will get more than what I sowed. But I don't think I'm going to get an acre, Right? Okay, but if I sow one seed, am I getting one seed? No. I'm getting, I think, I'm not a farmer, uh, Brother Weaver, you look like a farmer. Uh, one stock, normally three three ears? Three, huh? Three? Okay, sometimes two, three. I've always heard three too. Okay, so go back to sleep, Brother Stowe. Now, so I get one stock with Three ears, unanimous. Okay, there we go. So now watch this. When I get this, I can keep all of it for myself. I can use a portion of it and sow, or I can just sow the whole thing. Now I have a choice. I have more than one seed now, and I can do with it what I want. I'm talking to you as a Christian the way God has blessed your life. You started off, most of us, with nothing, and God began to bless your life, right? And now you're wondering how much you should hang on to, how much you should give, what's the principle. There is a universal principle here that of sowing and reaping. But I, I believe you're going to reap more than you sow. Now, that can be positive or that could be negative. It's all according to what you're sowing. We'll talk about that. If I sow sparingly one seed, though I receive more in return, if I continue to sow sparingly, I cannot expect to get bountifully. I, if, I, if I get a lot... But out of that lot, I sow sparingly. I'm not going to get more. I have more, but I decided not to sow it. 
So I am simply going to get, now if I go, if I rake in a whole acre and I sow a portion of another acre, I've got all this seed, but I didn't invest it, so I'm not getting a lot back. You follow me? Okay, universal law of God. What happens here? So if I want less of what I'm sowing, let's say I don't like what I'm sowing. If I want less of what I'm sowing, I got to quit sowing what I'm sowing. If you do not like what's coming into your life, I have a suggestion. Quit sowing it. He said, but it was just something small. You're not going to get back that that you did. You're not going to get back that. Okay, when you go to the bank and invest and they go like this, you're going to get 0.1% investment. You're going, well, that's not much. You're looking for a larger return on your investment, right? Okay, God made an investment in us. And God wants a return, right? So he gave one one talent, one three talents, one five talents. Remember what he said? The one that had five talents, he turned it into ten talents, and he said, well done, now good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. He came to the one with three. He took that three, turned it in, I think, to five or ten, and he said, well done. You remember what he said about the one guy that didn't invest, did not sow what God gave him? Called him two things. Remember what he called him? Wicked and what? Slothful. He said, the fact of the matter is you're a wicked servant because you're thinking about yourself and not me and you're just plain lazy because you wouldn't invest what I gave you into what I wanted you to do. God made an investment in us. So what do we see here is simply this. Either way, sparingly or bountifully, I will reap what I've sown the same type, but I don't know what the quantity is necessarily. I don't know how much that's going to be. It's not going to be the same amount. Example, Israel uh, went into the promised land for 40 days. You remember that? They went into 40 days. Now, if I am going to reap exactly what I sowed, they should actually only have to spend 40 days roaming in the wilderness. But it was 40 years. So they got more. They got exactly what they sowed. But they got a lot more in quantity. Are you listening to me? Another one, the law of Moses said, you steal one lamb from somebody, you pay back four. Right. He said, I stole one, I should get back one. By the way, it stopped a lot of thievery. Yes. Now, in the Middle East, I understand they still cut people's hands off in some places. That stopped you from stealing, wouldn't it? Healing service. Now, we go to the Bible says, in one place, you sow the wind you reap the whirlwind. See that? It's the same thing. Wind to wind, right? Also, we, we have here one lamb to four lambs. We have 40 days to four. But see, it's not the same amount. It's not the same. Uh, it's, it's the same kind. It's the same kind. 40 days, 40 years, right? Wind to whirlwind. Same type. This is what you sowed. This is what you reap. But what we don't understand is the amount. You remember Haman? Haman, I love that story. I just do. I love the way that whole story turned out. I do, I'm, but I'm weird. Uh, so Haman had it in for Mordecai. Remember the story? Anybody remember the story? So Mordecai, he didn't do anything serving the Lord, and Haman didn't like it because not everybody bowed down to him. So he come up with this plan. I'm going to build a gallows, I think it's 70 or 90 feet high, and I'm going to hang that guy. I'm going to make an example out of him. I'm going to show everybody this, what happens to you when you don't bow down to me. Well, as God would have it, He's sowing wickedness and evil and vengeance on somebody that he had no right to do that to. Do you remember the story? Do you remember the story? If you don't remember the story, don't say anything. You remember the story? Did Haman alone hang on there? He had ten boys and they all hung too. 
So you see, one hung. So now we come over here, and ten hung. You see, still hanging. <laughs> Not, I don't mean that literally. I think they're in the grave. They're all gone now. But you understand what I'm saying? So the, the type was the same, but the amount was completely different altogether. I'm simply saying you're going to reap more than you sowed. You're going to reap the same type or the, or, 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 the, or the same thing, but not the same amount. This is true, and whatsoever I sow, I will get at the same time reaping what I have sown, except I'm going to get more. Watch, good or bad. Now, I can sow good, and I can do it sparingly. Quit thinking you're going to reap bountifully in good. It's universal law. I, I didn't make the law. God made the law. However, if you sow goodness and kindness and forgiveness and these kinds of things bountifully, I'm going to tell you there is a season. There is a season when it comes, you're going to reap a lot of those things that you sowed. Okay, if you faint not. Remember the story? Okay, so we'll get to that. In Galatians chapter number 6, go there please. I want you to look at verse number 8. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 8. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 8. I want to point out certain facts to you, see if this won't help a little bit. Look at, look at the first part of chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Now, listen to me carefully. If you plant things that your flesh wants, and your flesh is always wanting, that, that's what it does. It doesn't want what the Lord wants. It wants what it wants. And that's the fight, isn't it? Isn't that the fight? We all fight. I have the spiritual man. I have the fleshly man, right? I have the new man. I have the old man. This is the fight all the time. These are the two voices you have in your head all the time, men and women, that say, yeah, but I want to do that, and I don't see anything wrong with it. And the Holy Spirit goes like this, and the preacher says, oh, that's not what God wants. So you got this big battle going on. That's what he's talking about right here. So if you plant to your flesh the thing the flesh wants, those seeds are going to destroy you. There's nothing good. All that's in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride, is not of the Father. All that's in the world, all that's in the world. So when you start giving in to what the world wants, I don't see anything wrong with it. I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. God said, you're going to destroy us. It's going to corrupt. It's going to eat away. It's going to destroy your life. So God said, you sow to that. I'm just telling you ahead of time what you're going to get in return. Okay? You're going to get the same types of stuff, but you're going to get a whole lot more of it. You understand? So then he goes like this. This, this, is a, this is bad sowing, if you would. This is you reaping some bad. You will reap more than what you say. For example, robbing God. You know what I mean when I say robbing God? I mean God prospered you. I didn't want to really get off on this tonight. Robbing God sometimes. Really? You're robbing God only sometimes? You went on vacation and forgot to put your tithes in? Oh, you made that extra money and forgot? Is that what happened? By the way, God didn't say what you worked for. As God has prospered you, on the first day of the week, you lay in store. You understand? So this thing about, but it was a gift. Did it prosper you? That's what you need to be concerned. So watch what happens here. Because you come in first, because you, you had a, a, an idea, you started sowing to your flesh. You started doing what you wanted to do. The world, I'm just telling you, the world will rob you and God will get his funds back out of you and more than you cheated him out of. Right. Oh, the stories I could tell you about water tanks that lasted for 25 years instead of, it only has a 10-year lifespan. Or the times that tires 
you could see the air floating around when you stopped. And you just kept praying every day, oh, God, oh, please, I can't. I got two more months, and I may have the money. And you just kept driving, and sure enough, nothing happened, right? What do you think did it? You think you're just cool, that you just know how to drive just right? No, that's God saying, and I'll guarantee you most of it, if it didn't happen, then it's going to. You were honest with God. You did what you were supposed to do. And God said, I will keep the devourer away from you because you honored me with what I gave you. And by the way, I... I know it's Bible, but I have a problem with people who tithe and give offerings to $21.22. Amen. I don't get that. Yeah. Amen. So that's exactly my time and exactly what God wanted me to. Reap sparing. Uh, so sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Amen. Anything past the tithe is your love and devotion to God. That's what yeah. you're showing. Yeah. So when you give in your offering the $12.22, I'll tell you what my brother told me. Those of you that give from your heart and you're giving exactly what you need to, your heart must be that big. You said, that's not true. I love the Lord. That's what I told him. I told him the same thing in the storefront, down the basement. I said, that's not true. I love the Lord. When I have it, I give. And when I don't, I don't. God understands. Now, that makes good sense, doesn't it? Problem is, it's not Bible. But it makes sense. If you don't have it, how can you give it? How are you existing? How would you get to work? Where would you get that gas money from? So that, well, somebody gave that to me to help me. So it prospered you. Amen. It didn't prosper you? Huh. I always like it when people come in and tell me how well they're doing on their job. I love those stories. I do. Actually, somebody was just telling me recently, man, I'm doing all kinds of things here and all kinds of, and I think, wonderful. And yeah, I'm giving any tithe in a month. No offering in a month. By the way, that goes for teenagers and little kids too. That's everybody. Everybody, look up in here. That is everybody. You babysit and somebody give you money, you're supposed to tithe and give an offering off of that $5, $10, $20. Yeah, but I need, I need. Okay, you keep sowing that way. You keep doing that. And I'm telling you, you're going to reap God getting back and more than you cheated him out of. So, how about unforgiveness? We better move on, right? How about unforgiveness? Oh, another subject that you don't agree. Forgiveness. A season is coming your way when you don't forgive others of unforgiveness season coming to you. We, we all sit and go like, no, I, I understand. Yeah, but we just don't do it. Not forgiving is a sin. It's not a preference. It is a sin not to forgive your brother whether they come to you and beg you for, by the way, can I help? Don't, don't ever do this. Look, would you just forgive me? Of what? Don't do not do that. Please do not do it. You know how hard it is for someone to face someone and say, please forgive me? Yes. Wait until it's you. And then you'll know. Then you'll remember. Okay. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will bring back to your mind. You go, preacher said something about that. Yeah, it's really hard to do because your flesh is screaming. You don't have to. You, don't have, you have a right. You should have told him this. Your flesh is saying, don't do it. And the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what's right? Let's do this. So if you do not do that, you have to understand there's coming a time when you're going to pay out more in unforgiveness than you planted. Same type, same stuff, but you're going to do more of it. How about lying to others? Oh, preacher, we're just not feeling well. You know, I've had up to here with that excuse. Seriously. Why don't you just say, preacher, we're going to give you a lie right now, okay? Yeah, I beat my husband up, and we're not coming in because he's all black and blue and... You'll figure this out Wednesday. 
and he's all black, and so, but we're not feeling well. That's the best excuse you can come up with? You're not feeling well. This whole thing about lying to others, not paying your debts, unthankful, smart-mouthing, always speaking your mind, gossiping, uh, sex outside of marriage, you will reap what you have sown. It's a universal law. Well, it was an accident. You accidentally put a piece of corn in the ground, accidentally or not, it's going to spring up. It's coming up. It's going to produce. That's what it does. Not receiving Christ as Savior before you die? Oh, you just don't believe that. You, you, just, you just can't quite bring yourself to believe. You have a lot of doubts. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to go someplace where nobody believes, and there's all kinds of doubts, yeah. but those people now know better than that, and they're going to pay. Yeah. So for temporarily, you turn that down, but eternally, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Christian, we got to quit playing this Christian thing. Yeah. Quit your playing. Get serious about it. Yeah. Give your all to the Lord. Do you think he's going to cheat you out if you actually give him an extra five bucks that he's going to somehow oh. cheat you out of this? Yeah. You're never going to get out of the poorhouse till you learn how to give right. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Amen. I used to listen to Brother Usher talk about that all the time. Actually, Mrs. Usher go like this. Every time she'd hear me preach like this, she'd go, we gave our tithes, didn't we? And that's what she'd do. She'd go like this. Honey, we put our money in, didn't we? You know, she got don't bring God's curse on our family. You're going to reap more than you sowed. Look at verse number 8, the, the second part of that. Verse number 8, the second part. But he that soweth to the... Oh, look at that. So of the Spirit reap life everlasting. If you plant things the Spirit of God wants, wants you to plant, the seeds will slowly reap the kind of life that God intended you to have. God gave you life, but some of you have no idea how it should blossom, how it should bloom what God wants you to do with it. When you start sowing to the Spirit, it's going to make sense to you why God wants you to live this way. You're going to quit fuss. I don't, I, you know, I've always done that. I don't think it's necessary. Well, I don't see anything wrong with it. You fuss like that all you want to. I've never understood. I was preaching one time, and a guy came up to me and simply said, I mentioned that I tithe, and I think you should, off of your tax return. Oh, he was quick to run to me and tell me, I think I've already paid my tithes on those taxes. And I, I said, look, buddy, you can do what you want. But I'm not nickel and diming God to death. I'm going to sow bountifully, and I'm hoping to reap bountifully. I don't have to hope. God said this way it works. Okay, ask anybody that's prospering as a Christian, and you just ask them, so do you nickel and dime God? Do you only give him exactly what, what, what you have to give him? Not a person that I know of. Those who are having a tough time meet, making ends meet, you're hanging on to, to, to George Washington. You, you're killing the old guy. Seriously, you need to stop that. Like God's going to cheat you out and you're not going to make ends meet by giving because you worked hard for your money. Well, you're going to work a whole lot harder because you're not getting much more of that. I'm not going to give you I'm not going to give you a reference either. You don't tithe and give what you're supposed to with your offering. I'm not giving you a reference for a job. Matter of fact, I hope you lose the one you got. He should preach that's not very nice. Nobody's right. God always goes the extra mile, always has. God always has gone the extra mile. God never blesses with exactly the same measure when you obey him, never. God always gives more because of your obedience than what you did. Look, if you would, go to Luke chapter number six. Luke chapter number six. You cannot convince me not to give more to the Lord. I'm going to give. I'm going to let God know I'll do anything for your church and your cause. I will do it. 
I have never done without when I've done that. Now, I've, I've eaten potatoes and biscuits before. You know, here's what we say all the time. Preacher, I used up all my savings. You have a savings? Remember a day when you didn't have a savings? You remember that? Now you have life insurance, health insurance, savings account, and when you start to have to go, we may have to pull out, say, oh, our two freezers, we're going to have to start going to one of our, honey, which freezer did we lose last time? Okay, let's go back there. You have a freezer? You have food in your freezer? Or you just have two freezers that have frost in it? I don't know. Would you please understand, you cannot outgive God. God made a universal law and said, the more you give, the more you're going to get. The less you give, you're going to get the same thing, but you're not getting what you're hoping to get. You're hoping to prosper and be used of God. You can't manage something that small called a dollar bill, a piece of paper with some printing on it. You can't even use that right. And God said, why in the world would I give unto you the greater treasures to help other people? You've got to learn to not just manage your money, but give. Your a lot of people know how to manage it. They just don't know how to give. Oh, you've listened to every guru coming and going about how to handle finances to the point you've got every investment in the world and you can't give anything to God. Because they're going to slap your hands you take that money out of. God always, look at in Luke chapter number 6. Luke chapter number 6. Look at verse number 38. This is an amazing story. God never gives, when you give something to God, you give something because of something for God, God said, let me just tell you how I'll do this in return. Watch this. Look at verse number 38. You there? Let's read this together. Watch what he says. Give. Now it starts with you. Well, if God would give me more, I could give more. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. God said, I want to know if you trust me. So you take the first step and I'll handle things from there. Are all you younger Christians listening to me? You keep hanging on to everything that you've got. You're going to lose everything you've got. Or at the very most, you're going to get nothing more than the penny-pinching thing that you do. It's universal law of God. Happens to sinners too. See, they know how to invest and they know how to use their money. That's why they prosper. Yeah, but they're sinning. It's a universal law. God said, if, if this is what you do, this is the way it turns out. It doesn't mean they're right with God. The rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. Just the way that it goes. Watch what happens here. Look at verse number 38. Give, you start, and it shall be given to you. I'll give it back. But watch how the Lord gives. You have given. When my mom was at home, we were at home, uh, they used to go, go across the street and, and ask her for a cup of sugar. <clears throat> you remember, a cup of flour. <clears throat> and so you go across the street with an empty cup, Right? And because they would always borrow back and forth and help each other out, you know how women used to be nice and help each other. And uh, so what happened was they would give you a cup of sugar. On the way back, they would take that cup. And I used to watch my mom take a spoon and push it down. She'd fill the cup back up when, it's time when she could give it back, and she'd take a spoon and put it down, and then she'd put some more on top and give it back. Wait a minute, only, why do I have to give extra? I only, get, only borrowed a cup. Why do I have to give more than that back? You think you may want to have a need in the future? Watch what your Bible says. Watch what it says here. Given it shall be given unto you, but watch what it is. Good measure. Press down. See, God takes that spoon and says, I can get more in here. Shaken together. You ever do that with rice and stuff like that, beans? You, you say, oh, I filled it all up. Shake it. It'll settle. Right? So you shake that like that, and that which looked like it was mounded, now it goes down like this. Now you can put more in there. And God said, that's what I do. 
I, I, you do that. I do the same thing, God said. Watch what happens. Watch this happen. Shaken together, running over. God, whoop, you're going to spill some of this. God, that's okay. That's all right. I got more where that comes from. Is anybody listening to me? Watch this. Shall men, see, God doesn't, God has never given me 20 bottles. Never. Never. God has never said, Pastor Bell, here's your border. Never. Not the first time. I've looked for that. Never happened. I know charismatics that say it happened, but I've never had it happen to me. But I'll tell you what he did according to the Bible. Shall men give unto you? Shall men give unto you? God said, I'm putting it on other people's hearts. You know that job you've been thinking about? Got a better one for you over here. You know why? Because you were faithful with what you were doing with what God already gave you. You were faithful to God's church. You were faithful to your spouse. You were faithful. You were faithful. You were faithful. You were faithful. You were sowing. You were sowing. And God said, I, I, I got something. I'm working, I'm working laying carpet on the other side of town when I was with my brother, barely making ends meet. Actually, we weren't making ends meet at all. And out of nowhere, while we were just working on our first or second part of a block building, this guy shows up, a little short, dumpy guy, uh, had a little bitty mustache, it couldn't get his coat fastened, you know how they are, glasses like that, looked like the real educated nerd. And uh, he came here from uh, Maryland. Uh, working up there with Lockheed Martin up there, aircraft industry. And he came down, and he was working now, and, and he got a job working for um, um, Rockwell International on the B-1 bomber. So he's there, you know, and I'm laying carpet, barely making ends meet. He walks up to me one day. Now, I'm faithful to church. I don't miss. We sing there. We work there. We run a bus there. I'm giving anything and everything I possibly can, whether we can make ends meet or not. I am not about ready to cheat God, and this is what we do. And this guy out of nowhere says, hey, if you would, how would you like to make in the next three years a little over 50 thousand dollars He didn't say that, but that's what the job produced. Shall men give unto you? So you keep thinking it's all about you and how you have to handle things. Well, you know, I was like, who's, who's that financial guru over there? Ramsey. Well, he told me not to give any extra, and I need to pay off my house first. Well, you can do what you want. That house going to burn. But I wonder if I invest in God's business. By the way, you invest in a lot of stuff. How about God's business? I don't think God is going to get upset with you because you died here poor and rich towards him. Amen. Seek you first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things. God said, okay, I'll take care of you. You, you care about me first and you're investing in me first. Yeah, I, I'll take care of you. God's always taken care of me, always has. By the way, ladies, look, my wife had four kids. That, that's not even a big group anymore, or shouldn't be. It didn't used to be. My aunt had 12. That hurts me just thinking about it. Had 12. 12, okay? I'm a preacher, not a mathematician. And what happened is now it's like I can't do anything. I can't think. I can't, I can't breathe. I've got a child and a half, and I've got a dog and a cat. That's what's killing you right there is the dog and the cat. Go out in the yard and pick up dirty stuff from your kids that went in the yard. You don't do it, but you do it. That, you stop and think about that, just how weird that sounds. I got a grown man out in the front yard with a shovel. Picking, actually, there's a guy who comes to our neighborhood now. I think what he does is clean up other people's dog stuff from their yard. Is there such a guy? I can see it right now. So what do you do for a living? I'm a dog scooper-upper. Pooper scooper, is that what they call him? Is that what they do? 
Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. What does your husband do for a living? Oh, boy, does he clean up. <laughs> God always gives extra. That's what he said right here. Look at it again. He said, for with the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured unto you. But God said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll have men give to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's my life right now. Financially, my life runs over right now. And if you think I'm going to, because I, if something happens to us as we get older, we get tighter with them. We call it frugal and wise. When you didn't have anything, you'd put your last 20 bucks in there and say, God, I wish I had more to help. Well, I made God a promise a long time ago. And I told God, if I ever get to the place where I can help other people, I will. But something happened as I got more. I started hanging on to more. I mean, who else is going to take care of me if I don't? I don't know who took care of you when you first got saved. I'm heading in a direction. The Bible teaches, teaches me and says this. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Good measure. Oh, yeah, I'm not cheating you out of anything. It's good measure. Shaken down, pressed down, running over, shall men give unto you. You're not faithful to hear. This is a man. Why should I offer you a job? Why should I tell you about somebody who's hiring? You're not faithful to church. You're not faithful to giving. You're not faithful to much of anything. But somehow, because you all of a sudden have a need, everybody should bend over backward. It doesn't work that way. Not even with God does it work that way. Example, a separated clean life for God. My wife and I many times have wondered how in the world, we talk about this all the time, honey, how in the world did we get through all that? We say it all the time. <coughs> She's still saying it. <coughs> yeah, how did you? Nobody taught us. Nobody counseled with us. Nobody told us what books to read. It's almost like we don't know how to obey God if somebody doesn't counsel or give us books to read. You just don't have a great enough need to, to depend upon God. You do that, God will teach you. God will te Look at me, God will teach you. This thing about why, I don't get it. When did you open up your Bible last? When did you? The, a church is ran by three books. Look at me. Ready? God's book, the song book, and your pocketbook. Right. Absolutely is true. Right. God loves praise and singing. God said all about that. It's, church is not all about that. It's about his book. And God said, I have an idea on how to make this whole thing work. Your pocketbook. As soon as I say that, you almost you start getting a twinge. So, something just a nervous twitch. I can tell I'm looking right at you. Kindness. How about sewing some of that in? Uh, if he thinks he's getting over on me, he's not. Yeah, that's like the worst thing that can happen. Somebody get over on me. Am I on? I'm not on, am I? Am I on? I am now. I'm taking on the road here in a minute. Now watch this. Kindness is a sowing. Forgiveness is a sowing. You're so, everybody's sowing and reaping. Lost people are sowing and reaping. You're sowing and reaping. Old people, young people, teenagers, little kids. Little kids, so funny. Uh, we were at my son's house yesterday, and one of the little girls came in to their daddy. He said, what's the matter, honey? 
took a toy from me and wouldn't let me play with it. Like I'm supposed to believe you're doing everything right and she did everything wrong. I tend to believe you probably took something from her and she simply reaped it back with interest and then kicked you out of the sandbox. Something like that. Kindness, honesty, patience. Here's one. How about friendliness? I tell people exactly what I think. You're stupid. You're foolish. And it's against the Bible to do that. It is against the Bible. Without wisdom and understanding and knowing how exactly to put that apple and that picture of gold and silver, you, you need to place it in the right place so it can be accepted, so people desire to have. Learn how a wise man teacheth his lips. If this is what you want, if you want a church full, why not go out and sow? Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you had a visitor hit this church? Okay, let's skip that. When's the last time you actually sat down and spent some time with somebody that was lost and tried to help them? Quit looking at all the empty seats. Why would God give us more if we're not doing what we already know is right? Everything in your life is a sidetrack to get you away from what God says. This is a good investment right here. So he gets you busy. He gets you sidetracked. He gets you hurting. He gets you sick. He gets you. The whole world wants to keep you away from sowing good stuff for God. You can do that if that's what you choose to do. If, if this is what you want, if you want to reap this kind of stuff in return, you're going to have to learn how to sacrifice and give to God. The more you sow, the more you reap. You, you sow a little bit, you're only going to get a little in return. You sow a lot, you'll get a lot. In it's a universal law. God said, I'm not, I'm not even going to break it. You put me first, I'll take care of you. Every time God will take care of you. If you sow even a little, you'll get back more. Have you even tried it? You haven't even tried it yet, have you? Uh, I'll toss in a five spot. Yeah, that's okay. It, that shouldn't hurt me. How about giving and let it hurt you? How about giving and let it hurt a little bit? You know, the sewer and water company, did they ask you if your bill hurt you? No, actually, they said that the electric company said this: everybody bill, everybody's bill that has a house is going to go up by, I think, twenty percent on the hundred thousand. They never even asked me, and I can complain. You know what they're going to say? Sorry, that's what we have to do. God asks you and said, "I'll tell you what I'll do." And by the way, the electric company, all they're going to give you is electric. Isn't it amazing? They're going to force people to use electric, and then they can't they they can't produce enough electric. What a scam! If you want to reap more, you must sow even more. There's no sense getting upset at the same amount you keep coming to every season when you sow the same amount all the time. Why am I not getting more than this? What are you sowing? You sow more, you get. God said, that's just the way it works. I, this is not, I'm not a charismatic preacher. This is Bible. I don't need a jet. I'm doing fine. That wouldn't be bad. But anyway, no, I don't need it at all. Look at chapter 6, verse number 9. When you get to the place when people start talking about your hard-earned money and you shake your head like, yep, that's the way it works. Now you're getting it. 
doesn't make sense. I don't know if I go along with that. Does he know how hard I work? Boy, I'm barely making ends meet. When I first got saved, my brother and I, it's just, it's just what we did. There are many times we'd go to church and somebody said, you know, in those kind of churches, well, I'll never do it here. Does anybody have a testimony before we leave? Never going to happen. And uh, somebody would stand up, and it happened multiple times. I'm glad I'm here tonight. I can't believe the way God talked to my heart. Boy, the message was great. I'm glad I made it here. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it back home. I cannot tell you how many times I watched my brother pull out 5 or $10 or more. Gas was a lot cheaper back then. And give someone, you don't need to worry about how to get back home. You say, well, what if they didn't use it for that? Didn't hurt him a bit. Did not hurt him a bit. Did not hurt him a bit. Did not hurt Look, you can frown and grinch your teeth all you want to. I am not changing my I don't care who you are. I'm not going to do it. I'm trying to save some stuff for next week. Look at verse number nine. And let us not be weary in what? What's it say? What's it say? And what? Not just doing. Well done. What's well doing for a Christian? Look up here. Ah, ah, ah. I'm not hurting anybody. You sound like a mom with kids. Today's mother with kids is, okay, they're throwing mud up against our walls, but they're not hurting anything. They're just children. They're not hurting anything. If I ever got a hold of them, they'd never be able to hurt another thing. You're welcome. Oh, so you're touchy about that too? Good, I'll start preaching on children. Let's just unclog the drain tonight. Let's just go right back there again. What do you think that message is all about? It's all clogged up, and somebody needs to come in and clean that thing out of here. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? Why? For or because God's making a promise. In due season. In due season. Yeah, by next weekend, I don't know. That may be the due season. It may not. There is no mother nature. God set up nature. Seems to me like it's a little cooler than it should be during this time of year. And then a week or two ago, it was a little warmer than it should be in this time of year. So some seasons are longer, some seasons are shorter, but there's always seasons. Ever since Noah got off the ark, God said there'll always be seasons. I don't care if you live in Florida, they have seasons. There is a change. It's slight, but you can tell by the bugs, but whatever. In due season, for we shall reap if we faint not. See, you try it, and then you try it. See, we're struggling again. It's just not working. Not the season yet. See, you won't trust the Lord past your own reasoning, your own thinking. And that's what God was waiting on. What do you think the farmer does when he takes all of the seed that he bought and spent everything on and puts it in the ground? You know what he does after that? He waits. There is no guarantees. He waits. He said, yeah, but he knows what he's doing. You're supposed to know what you're doing too. He waits. He just waits. And then all of a sudden he sees all these little green things start springing up and he feels real good about himself because he knows he sowed a lot this year. Every corner of every acre, man, I just put in everything I had and he knows it's coming. See, this is the way I feel about things. I know when I have done what God asked me to do, I can rely upon God to do what he told me he would do. There's no guesswork involved. I know that's the way it's going to happen. So God wants to do that for you. You say, I, I've been trying to forgive. 
I've been trying to help others. I've been trying to win souls. I've been trying to be nice. I know that's a real hard thing for some people. I've been trying. Quit that. I've been trying to control myself. Don't get tired. God said, don't be weary. Okay, just keep at it. Keep at it. God's making you a promise. In due season, there are always seasons. Seasons always change. Somewhere out there, I know what's coming by what I have done. The farmer who plants corn, they go, boy, I hope I get bananas before long. You're not getting bananas. You sowed corn. And I can guarantee you somewhere out in the future, you're going to get corn in return. This is a universal promise of God. So what happens here is this. In due season, God promised we shall reap. If we faint not, you're quitting too soon. You won't put God to the test long enough to say, God, I can't make it. Where are you? God says, that season, it's time for me to step in. Brother Usher could tell you all kinds of stories. Brother David could too. There are people all over this building that are great givers. And you're still trying to figure out if it works. God said so. People around you say so. Learn how to give. See, when it comes time for you to receive, you want people to give. Forgiveness. Kindness. Right? Why doesn't anybody ever give my kids something? Well, first of all, you're not here half the time. You ever, you ever sit there like that? Quit that. I want you to stop that. I want you to listen to that. So here you sit here and you keep wondering, why didn't anybody put anything on the platform for me? We didn't know you were coming. You're not here half the time. You come in, you plop down, you never shake hands with anybody. Nobody even knows your name. You've been here 16 years. Nobody even knows who you are. That's not, well, that's just the way I am. Then you're reaping what you sowed. Bible says if a man's going to have, stop it. If a man's going to have friends, I want all you guys, if this is some kind of game, knock it off. If a man's going to have friends, he must show himself friends. You have to sow so you can reap. Are you listening to me? So I say, get it. everybody comes and says, man, that's a friendly church. Well, back in the day, it wasn't so friendly. Everybody come in and examine everybody else. And he couldn't wait to tell him, preacher, did you see that woman that walked in with that skirt? What are you going to do about that? Well, I know what I wanted to do was tell the person who just talked to me to shut up my own business. But they wouldn't let it go. Oh, you don't, you don't know what used to go on here. Everybody knew what all was right. And they'd watch them walk in. Preacher, can I talk to you? You want to say, no, not right now. That, that's where I got to this place. I don't talk to people before I preach or after I preach or during the week. <laughs> Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men. What's the next word? Especially to who? They that be of the household of faith. You know who that is? That's the people in your church. If you're going to help anybody, God said, look, do, do good to everybody. Everybody. But especially to they who be of the household of faith. Well, that means everybody, no, 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 local church. That's what God's talking about, okay? So if you're going to help anybody, it should be people right here in this church. You understand? 
Why? Because I know you. You know me. Now, I hate to break. Should I just unclog? I want you to stop that. Should I just unclog the drain right now? Your family and your friends that go to this church, that God has blessed you with things. Is this what this is all about? When people give away stuff up here? You know what they're saying? I mean, they did something for us. Let's do something in return. It's not that they asked for it. Hey, you do something for me, I'll do something for you. No, that's the world. That's what the world does. You owe me. I don't owe you a thing. Nothing. People do things because they want to do things. This is where people get so hurt. When my church fell apart on the other side of town, you wouldn't believe the whining and crying. Oh, that was my son. They're telling me. That's my brother was the pastor. You don't know what it's like. I'm sorry. It's my brother. You don't know how bad it hurt. Yeah, I know. It was my brother. That was my sound room. I put everything I had in that sound room. You said, preacher, how did you feel about that? You listen to me well. Everything that I do is for the Lord. Therefore, whether this place shuts down or not, I have not lost a thing. My motive was right. My giving was right. My sacrifice was right. It hurt that this place shut down. But I'm going to tell you something right now. When I meet the Lord, I did it all for him. Therefore, when it does, I do not feel left out. You wouldn't believe how bad I feel. I feel bad that it worked out that way. But everything I invested, I did that for God. I have no hard feelings about that. I do not feel slighted. I do not feel cheated. I do not, well, what do you think about all of your investment? I did it for Christ. What have you been selling? This is what you're going to run into before long. What are you sowing today? What did you sow today? Those of you that are always skipping church, I'm just telling you, your children are watching you. They'll do what they're told. Okay. You can convince yourself of that. God has a universal law. Here's what he said. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Everybody is constantly sowing something, and you'll reap it someday. Can, can you help me with him? I, I, I don't know what to do. Does he have to do that? If he does, I'll, I'll just ignore it. Yeah. Well, no, not Toby. Kind of. Just, I, I don't get it. If he needs help, somebody needs to help him. Go, go, go with your dad. Let him help you out there, buddy, okay? I, I'm not mad. It's just it's very distracting for me. I'm sorry. I'm not that mature yet, so pray for me. Okay, whatsoever man so then I'll look where I'm done. Okay. Everybody's constantly sowing something. I don't care if you're new. I don't care how old you are. Everybody's always sowing. Everybody's always sowing. Everybody's always reaping. What have you been sowing? Are you critical of everybody? Oh, no, you're not critical. You're just speaking your mind because it's the truth. I'm just telling you, one of these days, it's going to happen to you, and you're not going to like it. I don't care who you are. You will not. I just wish people would tell me the truth. You don't want people to tell you the truth. No, you don't. No, you do not. I've heard people say that all my, okay, you want the truth? You're fat and ugly. How's that? Well, that wasn't very nice. You wanted the truth. That's not what, we don't want the truth. I'm just telling you, we want, we want to tell other people because we don't know how to control ourselves. But I'm going to tell you something. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. You need to be a little kinder to everybody around you. Are you ready to reap what you've been sowing? Are you ready for that? Are you ready to reap what you've been sowing? Are you? I think that's a good question. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Are you ready for that? 
do you lie to people? Do you deceive people? Make them think you really want to be here when you really don't want to be here and you can't understand what's going on? Because that's what you're sowing. Do you understand that? Would you like to receive a bunch of what you've been sowing to others? Because it'll be the same thing, but it'll be a whole lot more. Do you go home and you and your wife have me for dinner? I don't mean like for steak and stuff. I mean, you have me for dinner. Always like when you go, okay. Love the message. What's next for you? I'm not sure if I agree with all that. Okay, just listen. Your children are listening. They don't understand. Oh, oh boy. Evidently, they're smarter than you are. I guess if you hesitate, when I ask you, would you like to receive a bunch of what you're sowing? If you hesitate, something's got to be wrong. Why would you even hesitate? If you're sowing all good stuff, why would you hesitate? I suggest that if you hesitate, what you need to do is ask God to forgive you right now. Just go to your knees and say, God, I I don't want to reap what I've been sowing. I really don't. I real, it's wrong. I, I've known it. I just, I need to stop. Quit sowing that bad, harmful, sinful, whatever today. Stop it. Start on purpose sowing to the Spirit of God and what He wants. And you'll reap the kind of life that God intended you to have. Not sowing bad does not mean you'll reap good. If the guy sows nothing, no weeds in his field, it doesn't mean he's going to get a good crop of something. You have to sow a good crop. I don't hurt anybody. Okay, but you're not helping anybody. Are you listening to me? It's not a, I don't touch anybody, nobody touch me, so everything's good. No, no, you don't sow good, you don't get good. It's not an absence of bad means you're doing real good. No, it's just an absence of bad. Don't faint in sowing. Don't, don't, don't faint in sowing that which is good and right. Why? Because it's going to come about one day. In Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7 and 9, we'll finish right here. God is not mocked. Everything I just got through telling you, I don't believe that. Don't, don't say that about God. Don't, don't you say that. Don't you mock God. Amen. Well, I'll act this way. and I, it'll, Look at me. People today are, are cherry-picking Bible. I'm talking to people even today, and I cannot believe what these goofy, charismatic preachers and Church of God, and you name the whole bushel of them, what they're teaching people out there. They're teaching them scripture that doesn't even match, doesn't even fit. Yeah. I'm thinking, what is going on? You learn more scripture in the hallways just talking to people than you do in some churches all the time. Yeah. It just bothers, it bothers me. It bothers me what preachers are doing. Yeah. And then people come in. Well, doesn't the Bible say that God will do this? Yeah, but it says if you're righteous. You left that part out. God said righteous. It didn't just say anybody. God said righteous and the upright and the just. Not just anybody. There are promises in here that are not for you unless you do. All God's promises come with conditions. And God said, you do this, I promise you, I'll do that. That's sowing and reaping. God wants to bless us. We're just not getting ourselves in position to be blessed by God. Just because some things don't go your way doesn't mean God isn't blessing you. Keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. It's going to come about. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, reap corruption. It's going to happen. 
Quit guessing about it. You cannot sow to your flesh. This is what's happening to church people. They're going closer and closer to the world because of their flesh. Why can't I drink? Why can't I dress this way? Why can't I talk that way? Why can't I listen to this? So they're going here and still hoping that God spiritually will bless them over here. I'm not God's counselor, but that's never going to happen. Anchor Baptist Church, you have got, look at me, you have got something special right here. It's not because of me, it's because of what God has done over all these decades of time. And shame on us to start becoming selfish, pulling back, and sowing one piece of, of, of seed while we have bags of seed over here that God at one time, because we trusted him, blessed us with. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. That's just the way. It's a universal law of God. Yeah. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season. Yeah. I'm the proof of that. I'd sit in church and cry. I didn't have a dollar to put in the plate. And I would cry and say, God, if I ever had it, I would help. God blessed you, didn't he? You live in a good house, drive a nice car. Have a good job, good retirement plan. You're given a lot more. How about special needs? How about every once in a while just doing something way out of the box? Just, I'll tell you why next Friday. Hang on. No, I won't tell you on Friday. I won't be here. Sunday. You need to be here. Yeah, I can't, I can't let the fizz out of the pop. I just can't. Um, last line if you were going to reap this next week what you have been sowing not just the tithe but more would you be okay with that standoffish judgmental gossip tight wad, won't give to anything that's not already all planned out. Is that, then, then where's your faith? Where, where's the faith? Could you face God right now with all honesty, all honesty, all honesty and say, if I met the Lord, I think he'd be pleased with what I've done so far. If not, shouldn't we be at the altar saying, God, I'm not ready and start sowing good stuff so that one day we can, God, thank you. I can help my brothers and sisters in Christ. You mean you don't sit here sometimes and hear about our financial situation and say, I wish I had to give? If you don't, something's wrong with you. You need to be on this altar saying, Amen. God, this is my church. What can I do? Amen. Are you okay? The Lord said, okay. Let's divvy up. Let's mark her down. Let's help. Let me help you out. Whatever you have sown, I'm going to give that and some more back to you. Is that okay? You okay with that? You back into your stall. You come into church. Back in. Sit there and watch everybody. Why? Well, it's just not me to do it. It's not my wife to do it either. You've got to go shake hands with people and say, hi, how are you? My name is David Chris. Nah, nobody wants to meet you anyway, David. Stay there. Um, do, you, do you understand? Amen. Your kids watch it. You don't put anything in the plate. Why not? Right. Why? Well, we're having a tough time making it. You're getting ready for a lot tougher times. I'm telling you right now. 
There's no way you can honestly look up to heaven and say, God, I've been giving and you know my heart. I love you. You've been robbing God. You forgot. How do you, for, how do you forget to pay tithes? We went away for two weeks. I wrote my checks out ahead of time. Did I, Mike? Gave them to my wife. Now, if she forgot to put them in, that's not my fault. I gave her, put them in an envelope, the whole thing. Filled the whole thing out. Are you ever going to get out of just doing the same giving? This is what we do. This is what we plan. This is all we're doing. This is what I said. This is my promise. That's it? That all we're going to do? That it? Same thing? The Lord at one time. I'm getting into next week's message. I can't do this. Uh, folks, listen to me. It is a promise. Whatsoever you sow. You know there was a time I couldn't hardly stand you. Did you know that? You were a brat. Right, Dad? You were a brat. He even told me. He's a brat. I said, you're telling me. Boy, is he a brat. I like having you around now. By the way, he mows grass here almost every week. And for some reason, Pledger always puts him on the hills with a push mower. Doesn't he? He does that on purpose. He told me, he said, watch this. No, he didn't. Whatsoever he sows, that's what he's going to reap. I said, you'll be out there one of these days by himself because you'll be gone. Nobody sees him. Nobody's out there clapping for him. But you want to know why some men know how to handle things in life? Because when nobody's looking, nobody's clapping, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do and it's needed. I'm helping. Whatsoever man sows, that. Are you satisfied? I mean, right now, if it came time to reap, are you ready for that? Is, are you okay? Are you settled for that? In your giving, your life, love for one another, helping one another? Your prayer life, the whole thing. Your kindness, your forgiveness. Are you ready for that? You do understand you're going to reap this one day. God said. Is that going to be okay? You ready for that?